ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Today, I sit down with Tracy and Matthew Taylor of California, and we discuss couples who hunt together and how that impacts our hunting community. All right, today we have Tracy and Matthew Taylor um, hanging out and kind of giving us their story and um, and telling us all about how they hunt together. And guys, I just want to thank you for being on the podcast with me today. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're really happy to be here to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Of course. Well, do me a favor and um, quickly give us, just both of you kind of give us a background um, kind of of how you got into the outdoors, into hunting, how you were first kind of inspired, where did it start, that kind of thing. Okay. um, Well, first I'll say that Matt and I have been married 19 years this year. And um, so we've done a lot of learning and growing together, and our journey in the outdoors um, has been a big part of that. Um, I personally was exposed to big game hunting. My dad would always go out on hunting trips with the guys, and um, he did like to take my brother quite a bit. I wanted to be a part of it, but back then, I think it was just part of the culture for it to be really a guys-only trip. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, we, you know, there would be family trips up to the mountains frequently, and I was always the one spotting the deer from the back seat as I was a little girl, and um, my dad would get excited about it. But I never was invited on any of the trips, and um, Matt and I got married when we were very young, and he, he can tell you a little bit about his story and what he grew up with, but at a, in, in our 20s, mid-20s, he started hunting big game and I still really wanted to be a part of that. 
uh, one year I just decided to heck with it and I was going to take some money that I had saved up and go and buy myself uh, a gun and some camo and get my license and just get into it. And that year, Matt already had plans with a good buddy to go out opening weekend deer hunting. And so I was kind of bummed out, but um, I decided to call my dad and it, I think it shocked him a little bit, but mm-hmm. he was willing and took me out hunting for the first time. Uh, the method that my dad used for hunting is much different than what we do now, but mm-hmm. um, it was a, a good experience just to get out into the woods and, and a bonding moment for us for sure. Um, so I didn't get anything that year. And then, about, I would say a couple more years, I got into archery. So I do both archery and rifle deer hunting. Um, I've done a little bit of bird hunting as well, but I've had more success, I would say, in big game. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my story. And now our whole family is into hunting. That's, uh, I keep hearing, get the mom involved, get the mom in hunting, and you get the whole family. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird to see. You know, I started just off because I got my hunt license when I was 11. Yeah. Um, I'm 40 I'm forty now. And my dad took me up on bird hunting. We hunted dove and quail pretty much my whole life. My dad, to this day, still doesn't own a deer rifle. Yeah. And then I hunted birds my whole wing shot my whole life. And then about the early 2000s, I started waterfowl hunting and got really into that. I mean, really, really into waterfowl hunting. Yeah. And then... Yeah, once you get into that, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I have heard that. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, yes, it's ridiculous. And then um, I started big game hunting in mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy, a co-worker I had asked me if I'd ever deer hunted, and I said no. He said, well, come on, come deer hunt with me and my dad. So I went out and bought a Winchester 3030 and went deer hunting for a couple of years and to no success, and then just kind of kept moving on and moving on and got into meeting new people and other, other things and started deer hunting pretty heavily. And, uh, I shot my first deer in, I think 2009 and started bow hunting about the same time. And I killed my first deer with a bow in 2010 and we've been at it ever since. And once we got into that, it haven't looked back. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was, I think I was kind of opposite. I, I still have not, um, hunted deer with a, with a gun. I have only bow hunted mainly due to the fact that where we were hunting, it was archery only. So it was the choice of you can use a crossbow or a bow, which I'm grateful that we have that option here. Um, but you can use one of those or you don't hunt just because we had the opportunity to hunt there. Um, but this year will be my first year to, I'm, I'm going to get to go duck hunting. So it'll be, I mean, we have, we have guns, we have rifles, we have, I've shot everything. I've just never hunted with it. Um, so it'll be exciting. I, but I keep hearing from people once you start, (laughs) With water, pal, you're not going to want to stop. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very addictive. Mm-hmm. And then, and where we're at with our tags, our general season tags, you can use them for archery or rifle. And yeah. archery season is first for, you know, five, six weeks before rifle season starts. And I started bowing because it allowed me to extend my season. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, and it, it opens up. I mean, right now I'm on public land and nobody is there because it's archery season and it's great. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and out here where we're at, you know, in wonderful California, the, the archery season is so early. I mean, our archery season, our local area starts in, in, in mid August, mid to early August. So the deer are still in their summer patterns, still in velvet. So they're a lot easier to predict. Right. And, and, you you got you see a lot more deer. Yeah. So wow. That's that, 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 that's where we started. That's you know, awesome. I was going to share with you, Amy, that um, I think you asked at one point if I had any, you know, influences to look up to as yes. far as women hunting, and I I really didn't grow up with that. My mom would be um, any you know she would serve as camp cook. She would tell me about the stories. Um, of doing that sometimes when my dad would hunt. And then um, one time when I was, you know, a young girl, we were on a private cattle ranch and as a family and my dad was able to harvest the deer. And I watched my mom get out of a truck full of men and she went and she did the field dressing. Wow. She has some particular skills with a knife. And so that was really my first experience of number one, seeing field dressing done. Number two, seeing my mom didn't take that animal, but she went and she totally handled it and what to do. And um, so I think that that did impact me in some ways. Yeah. But, you know, I, I haven't really had any women hunters to look up to until I went to camp with Matt and some friends when he started archery hunting and I was serving as camp cook and I completely enjoyed it. And um, but there were some other women in the group who were archery hunting and were about my size. And, uh, one of my friends, Deborah offered to let me shoot her bow and one shot at the target and I was sold. Yep. It <laughs> so, draws you uh, in. It draws you in. It so does. So we were really fortunate to have some friends that kind of took us under their wing and teach us the things that we didn't learn when we were younger, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, I didn't have no one in my family. I think I have an uncle who hunts and um, my dad might have squirrel hunted growing up, but not anything that I knew of until I was an adult. So we fished, we camped, we did everything outdoors, but we just didn't hunt. My, uh, my brothers got into it and my stepdad got into it at a later age, um, when they were young, but I was already grown and married by the time they got started. And so, um, I just never had that opportunity. And like you said, the second, the second I held a bow, the second I got out there, it was hook, line and sinker. I was done. It was, um, I was ready to, and I solo hunted. I've only solo hunted. Um, but it's, it's, there's, I don't, I hate calling it an addiction, um, because it's not, it's not that I I like to hear it more as, um, a passion and excitement. And, um, and like we said earlier, once you get mom involved, um, it brings everybody else in. And I love that part of it. Yeah. There's a, I don't know about you, but I feel a a much deeper connection with the land and the animals when I'm archery hunting. Yep. Um, 
it's just much more of a challenge and you have to get closer to the animal. Mm-hmm. And so then you're learning about stalking and, um, I don't, you know, you say you've, you've hunted alone, which is so awesome because that shows that you have an immense amount of confidence and in, in your ability to, if you don't know it, figure it out, which is amazing. Um, there's another dichotomy to hunting with your husband or other men, and that is that they're stronger mm-hmm. and they have the ability to pull heavier weights on their bow and shoot farther distances. And here in California, we're not, well, where I've hunted anyway, we're not hunting in tree stands. Right. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of competitive that comes out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Crazy yeah. and awesome <laughs> doing, doing some push-ups because she wants to be able to shoot at the deer that her husband can shoot at. You yep. Know? Yep. So it's so it's so fun. It's really fun to get together in deer camp, especially opening weekend when we all come up, husbands and wives, and bring our kids. And it's just a it's just a family event. I love that you have other couples that uh, walk alongside of you. We. I mean, we've, I've just recently, thanks to social media, met one other woman who is close enough to me that we can get together, um, and hunt and talk and, and that kind of thing. But we don't have, I don't know any, I do not have an acquaintance that, that I've known hunting. And so I'm, I, I'm a little bit jealous that y'all have that because it's something that, um, kind of binds you together. It really does. It changes the um, experience when you, when you have those people that you can share those, um, those moments with. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, that's, that's kind of something that's the way we kind of structured how we do things in the outdoors too. I mean, we try to, you, you like to surround yourself with like-minded people. Right. And, and and it's hard because, I mean, even me growing up, you know, when, when I went out with my dad and my brother, it was a guy thing. It was about it, my mom stayed home and it was always a guy thing. So having having my wife with me is, is, is as challenging as it can be sometimes, it is a treat. Yeah. It, it, it's nice having that experience with her. It's one more experience that we get to share together. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... I, it's something nice to be able to talk with my husband back and forth and troubleshoot and, hey, this isn't working. What do you think are some other ways that I can try? Or um, and he, he even comes to me now and asks questions. And um, it, it's just good to be able to bounce back and forth. And now that we've brought our kids into it, it's even better because – one of us can take one, one of us can take another, and it's one-on-one time with our kids that we've really, really, really enjoyed this year. Um, taking out the, the electronics and the stresses of school and all of that and just being able to be with our kids out in nature, um, it's, it, that has taken it to a different level. Yeah, I mean, for for quite a while the kids would come along with us and experience us harvesting and yeah. um, field dressing and everything, but maybe they weren't hunting yet, but they were there. And the amazing thing that that opened up for them was the ability to have conversations with other kids mm-hmm. about um, our hunting culture and about how they know where their food comes from. And they would definitely get in um, into the butcher process and mm-hmm. all the skinning and all of that. And so, um, you know, we take our, our animals from field to table. We don't 
send it out for any kind of packaging or anything like that. Right. But um, they're a part of all of that. And I think it has really shaped some of who they are. And now they're getting involved in it. Um, we, we even have done things um, like split up in hunting camp. Sometimes the girls will go together and sometimes the guys will go together. And then sometimes we'll mix up and I'll go with, you know, my girlfriend's husband and she'll go with my husband and we learn different things from each other. Yes. And so that's been, that's been super helpful, I think, to our growth. And I feel like we're always going to be learning. Yeah. Hey, you said, you said earlier that you went with your dad and, um, and the way that he hunted was a little bit different than the way you guys hunt now. How, what were those differences? We've tried a lot of different methods, but, um, I've learned a lot, a lot about what to look for so that you can spot these animals. I mean, they, they definitely, um, have the advantage on us with yes. their, their ability to, maneuver the land and also to be camouflaged in it. And so, you know, humans come up with all of these different tools and pieces of equipment to try to have a bit more advantage on our side, but, you know, God created them that way for a reason. And, um, and so hunting with my dad was interesting. I think that I, I don't know what his experience was like, you know, when I was little, but we went out, we would just pick a spot, you know, near maybe a, a water, a water hole or water mm-hmm. location and just sit for hours and wait. And we do a little more traveling through different parts of the land now and spot and spot and stock and um, a lot more glassing, a lot more than hiking more and back and forth and so it just wasn't like that when I went with my dad. That one time I went with him was the only time, but I am grateful for that time. Yeah. Yep. I think that we can all take something away from uh, – we all hunt differently. And, and I mean, even you two – I mean, I know my husband and I, we hunt differently. Um there are different ways that we set up. There are different ways that we act. The way that we come in, the way that we feel dress is different. Um, mm-hmm. And it's because I just, what worked for him didn't work for me. And so I had to figure out a way that worked for me. Um, but there are things that I've learned from him that I wouldn't have known otherwise. Um that I have been able to apply to how I hunt. And so it's, I, I wonder because of hearing and talking to people who have learned from their parents, who have seen their parents do it their entire lives. I, I see my kids seeing us do it. And it's kind of like a, I wish that I had gotten that as a kid. I wish I had gotten those lessons ahead of time on how to feel dress, on how to stalk, on how to be quiet and still and listen and all of these different things before even hunting. Um, I kind of got thrown in day one. Hey, you got to do all of it. Um, so I'm, I'm very envious of my kids and of people who grew up in it and were able to absorb these things. Um, as you go and learn what works for you and what doesn't and how to adapt to the things that, uh, that we are able to benefit from now, like, uh, 
all of the glass that we have that makes things a whole lot easier to see and all of the, um, just the different techniques that we've learned. So. Yeah. And I mean, that's, uh, I'm kind of the same, but you are, I mean, growing up bird hunting, bird hunting, still dressing a, a, a mallard is a lot different than still dressing a, a deer. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I was fortunate enough to have some really good friends of ours that, that kind of, they, they basically took me in and, and showed me, showed me the same thing, showed me how to do it. So I learned from somebody else that taught me and it was just friends mm-hmm. and, and Tracy got into it and, and, Growing up in a family where my mom was no part of that, you know, it, it was it was it was a different change. Yeah. And but I welcome the change because I you know, I mean I, I married this woman for a reason and and I really enjoyed spending time with her and and it was something that we could do together. Yes. And and that's something that and that we have we've grown together and we've we've learned we've learned deer hunting together. So it, it's it's been a good it's been a good adventure. Yeah, we um. Speaking of things that I learned from my dad, I will say that probably one of the biggest lessons I learned um, growing up in my parents' household, you know, we did camp and fish and do all of that all the time, was that my my dad's motto was, if you harvest anything, it is your responsibility to clean it mm-hmm. and, you know, to eat it. Yeah. If, if, if you harvest it and that's not your intention then that's outside of the realm of, you know, what our parameters are. And so, you know, I, I took that to heart and I learned that lesson just by, you know, hearing his advice to my brother and everyone around us. So from the get-go, when I talked to Matt about starting to deer hunt, I told him that I was committed to doing the whole process. Yep. So there, I do know there are some women that, hunt with their husbands and their husbands do a lot of the work when it comes to field dressing. Um, but I'm very committed to that because I feel like it's, um, just a part of that connection to the life that has been taken that will feed my family. Right. So, um, I guess if, if I can say that that's one of the, that's one of the biggest things that I learned growing up as far as hunting goes. It's the responsibility, but it's also the, the ethical treatment of, of what we harvest. It's, it's a a thankfulness for it and it's a respect for it. And, you know, we don't, we don't take anything. We have the opportunity here in Tennessee to kill three doe a day during deer season. Wow. That's a lot. Nobody ever kills three a day. I don't see three deer a day. I might see them, but they're on private land and I can't, there's no way of, that's a whole different aspect of it, but I would never take three dough a day because our family can't eat three dough a day. There's right. Yeah. I'm not yeah, gonna. Sorry, go ahead. I'm not gonna take something that, like you said, that we cannot ourselves eat or or hand off and pass off, um, donate, or give as gifts. Yeah, out here we're we're allowed two tags a year, and in the unit we hunt it, it is turned from a general zone to a premium zone which is where we live and mm-hmm. so we can hunt we can get an archery only tag which is good for most of the state and then uh, and then if we can get the rifle tag we get the rifle tag but i mean that's two deer per person per year right and we're hunting public land so public land in, out here in california is it's a nightmare i i understand where you're coming from yeah it, it's tough yeah I mean, it really is it's tough 
We've, we've hunted both. We've hunted private land for a good couple of years and, uh, we've got, we're on public land now and we have access to a friend's property every now and then, which is a huge blessing to us. Um, but navigating public land this year has been very difficult. Um, just having never done that before, it has definitely upped my challenge for sure. Yeah, our zone um, that we primarily hunt in is um, quite overrun with other, other hunters, mm-hmm. especially um, especially opening weekend. But really the whole season, it's very, very busy. You have to be very careful about traversing the land and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, about who's around you and... So it's it's been interesting to be on learning all this, and especially in our area in California. Um, I don't know. It, I would really like to hunt out of state. I haven't got an opportunity to do that yet. Matt has done a little bit of out of state hunting, um, and so we're hoping that maybe next year will be our year to start start venturing out a bit, branching uh, out. I'm wondering. Yeah. So here. With our kids being younger, um, before they were hunting, before they could go with us, um, we drew straws on who, <laughs> on who got to go and, uh, and who had to stay. Um, I mean, we love our children. We do. But it was, it, it was kind of a, okay, who gets to go in the morning um, yeah. situation. And I'm sure there are other couples who who find that, especially with younger kids, um, ours are, ours are just now getting to the age where they could technically maybe stay by themselves for a few hours. Um, and that's a whole new ballpark for us. Um, especially now that they can come with us, but it's, um, it's been an interesting, (laughs) uh, navigation of, of my husband likes to hunt in the more the warmer um, times of the year, and I'm game to hunt whenever I, whether it's January or or September, um, because we have long seasons. Uh, we have the opportunity from the end of September until mid January to hunt almost every single day if we wanted to, and or we were able to. Um, but it is drawing straws on, on who gets to go. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. When I was, um, my babies were little, I was always wanting to go out fishing and take off. And so we had to kind of take some turns or mm-hmm. bring that baby carrier. Yeah. <laughs> Just what you do. It yeah, is. I mean, our season's here like four weeks for bow season and mm-hmm. five or six weeks for rifle. Yeah. And that's, that's all we get unless we draw like a super premium tag. But those are... The, the point creep on those is astronomical, so it's impossible for us to draw that tag now. So we get to hunt in August, September, and October. Yeah. And and that's it. And there's a there's a like a week or there's a two week break between the archery season and the rifle season out here. So yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't. It, 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 I it would be completely foreign. Um, coming over and since I would be a visitor, if I did come over to California to hunt, it would be, it wouldn't seem as big of a deal as it is to you guys having that concentrated time. Yeah, it's rough. It's, and, and, and our, the the zone we hunt has become overpopulated with people, not Mm -hmm. animals. 
it's rough. It's a giant orange army opening weekend rifle season. It's bad enough that we won't hunt opening weekend because it's <laughs> we fear for our safety. Yeah. It's a little yeah. crazy. It's a little yeah, crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, 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 it's tough. And having our kids, I mean, our, I'm not going to, well, yeah, I can date myself. Our, our son uh, just turned 18 and graduated high school. Yeah. And our daughter is a freshman in high school. And they've both hunted with us for the last, I don't know, five, six years. Yep. They, they've, they've come with us and, and we've, we've put a lot of miles on them kids' feet. It's good for, so, them. for them. Yeah. And, and, and our, you know, our son managed, he, he killed his first year in 2017. Um, it was me and him together. Mom was at home, but me and him were out together. And, and, and it was, it was an experience that I don't think I, I can actually put into words. I was very proud, but you know, it, it's tough. Any way you look at it, it's tough hunting public land. Anywhere you hunt public land, California is, a special kind of different. Yeah. I, I hear so many things about um, California is so diverse from the north part of California to the south, the southern part of California. And yeah. uh, it, the crazy amounts of animals that you guys have, um, ranges, elk, mule deer, like all of the different kinds of animals. It's great. But, um, like you said, having to, uh, juggle other hunters around you, it, it makes it very difficult. Yeah. And where we're at, we're, we're, we're North of LA Mm -hmm. and South of Sacramento. (laughs) So we get bombarded from both ends. Yeah. And people have no class and no coup. Some of them, some of them. it, it, yeah, it can be, it can be challenging mm-hmm. to maintain your quietness. <laughs> we had some pretty good experiences, though. We had, um, a few years back, we had an opening morning hike that Matt and I started from the top of the mountain, um, just before light and got down into a, a good section of land there. And we both got, we got a double. Mm-hmm. And so he, I, I put my buck down first and we went to check it. And then a herd of bucks came over the top and he was able to get one down. And so we, we had quite the hike out that day. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, it, was a of, it was a heck of a drag. We yeah. had to call, uh, call in a friend to help us for the last little bit. But, um, so we've had some really great memories yeah. to share together doing that. And then, um, I guess, years now two years back 17. Yeah, in 17. 2017 we um were drawn from some premium zone uh tags and we were able to both harvest really beautiful beautiful animals and we spent how seven days up there five days uh, yeah you shut yours on this yeah seven days, seven mm-hmm. days and um it snowed on us and we were tent camping and we just had a blast and actually we put in as a group with the other couples that hunt with us. And so all of us were able to share that time and all of us harvested really beautiful bucks. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We actually, yeah, we hunted East and Sierras and hunted, uh, I guess straight up mule deer. Cause where we're at here, we've got a hybrid okay. across from the, the Columbia blacktail and the mule deer. So we were able to hunt the East side of California and hunted mule deer that come up from Nevada. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. yeah, we hunted. It was nice. But shot some really nice mule deer. That we had six people in the group, and all six of us filled our tags with nice, very nice bugs. Yeah, that's awesome to be able to walk away as a group, uh, having yeah, done that. It was fun. 
It yeah. was pretty fantastic to yeah. share that together, especially since they're the couples we've been hunting with for so long. And so it was just, it was just a great year for us. Well, go back. I want to go back and talk because you guys did kind of learn big game together. Did you notice any differences between Tracy, you learning and Matt, you learning how, like, how were those differences intermingled? What were some, some of the similarities and what were some of the things that were just totally different? Hmm. Go ahead, Beth. Oh, thanks, honey. <laughs> she just threw you under the bus. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm very analytical, mm-hmm. and, and I and I try to dissect everything. And I get on YouTube and podcasts, and I try to learn everything I can possibly learn about things. And so, I would learn something, or thought I learned something, and. <laughs> it wouldn't quite pan out to the way I thought it should have learned. And she's like, well, why'd you do that? I'm like, well, because I learned this and this. She's like, well, that didn't work, so we're going to try and do this. And, you know, what I learned is don't sweat small stuff. Right, right. (laughs) Um, But I had a lot of frustration when I started hunting archery because, um, you know, women aren't necessarily as strong mm-hmm. in their upper body mm-hmm. as men are. And so I kind of alluded to this earlier. Um, I, you know, we would be out hunting together and I might spot a buck. This is kind of our process when we're hunting together. Um, whoever spots the buck first, you have the first shot, right? Right. And so that's kind of our method. And if I would spot a good looking buck, but it was beyond my range for an ethical shot, I would get really frustrated, but Mm. he could take it. And so it really challenged me to want to improve my fitness level. Yeah. Um, which is all good. And what he's also talking about is his analytical side. Oddly enough, I am highly analytical when it comes to my business side, but when it comes to my hunting side, I go more with my intuition. Yeah. And um, so because he's put all this effort into learning all of these things and, you know, for instance, when we had that double that morning, we both were um, aimed on a group of bucks and he was going to uh, take a shot at one and I picked another one, you know, and um, I was able to to get the deer down, but that's because he was thinking about the distance and the wind and all of these things. And I was just going with my intuition. (laughs) And so, you know, he, he kind of overanalyzed that in that moment. And I wasn't thinking about any of that. And, uh, and I missed. missed. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. It's good to be able to admit it. (laughs) He did, like I said, he harvested a buck when we went, uh, you know, across the ridge to, Mm -hmm. to check on mine. But, um, so it ended up well, but when we were talking about after the fact and analyzing what happened in the shot, um, you know, cause we both had the same opportunity was that he had all of these things in his mind and was trying to calculate the adjustments. And I just, you know, I just took the shot. Right. Right. <laughs> and she drilled it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, I was super happy and totally impressed and totally not happy with myself, but it, it all worked out. Mm-hmm. So, 
You know, and I've learned that when it comes to field dressing an animal, it's a little more difficult for me. I I think Amy, you're you're pretty small stature, right? Yeah. Like five, I'm five, five two. Five, mm-hmm. five two. Okay, I'm five three. Yep. So super small, and when I get ready to go field dress, it's I mean it takes a lot of effort without getting too graphic. It's you know I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> It's elbows, it's elbows deep. It's yeah. Yeah. And then some, I mean, yeah, you know, and so I have to kind of adjust for that and it takes a little more time for me to yeah. dress and it takes him, at, you know, maneuvering the animal to try to get in the right positions to handle it. Well, um, you know, I have, we have to use tools for me to be able to hoist the deer up to, um, skin it and quarter it out. And so, there's just things that I have to do to adjust to be able to, you know, harvest that animal and process that animal in ways that where he can, you know, quote unquote, manhandle it. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I had talked about that earlier about how, you know, I had been, oh, for three years, I would kill, um, I would, I would shoot a deer and I would call my husband and say, Hey, I've got a deer down. I, they always went down the hill. Um, never fails. It never fails. They always go down the hill. Um, they always go to water and water's always down the hill. And so being able to drag a deer back up, um, is, it was impossible for me to do by myself. Um, it's pretty, it's almost impossible for him to do with, with some of the deer that we have gotten. But, um, but for me, it was completely impossible. And so I'd have to call him and he would have to come and he would have to help. Um, and it's fine. And I loved being able to call him and I loved him being able to come and help me. But there was a part of me that really wanted to be able to do it by myself. Um, and so I found a sled, um, thank goodness for a jet sled. And I have been able to figure that part out. But this year was the first year I took a doe two weeks ago. And it was the first time that I've been able to do the whole process by myself. Nice. Fantastic. And it was, it was, it was fantastic, but it took forever. <laughs> like you yeah. said, it took a little extra time. It's, it's elbow or more deep. It's, um, but there was also, my son was with me and he took a picture at one point and sent it to my husband and it was, I've never seen anyone feel dressed so meticulously and have everything organized on the side. And, um, and that's, I come from a surgical background and so everything had its place and its order as everything was being removed. And, um, and I had, but I had to figure out what worked for me and, um, and showing my son, who is small, who, I mean, he's nine, um, things aren't going to work for him like work for my husband. And so I think it's great for kids as they're growing up to be able to see both sides of it, to see the analytical side, to see the intuition side, to see what works for one person and not for another, but also to see the strengths of both sides of it. 
Yeah, yeah I think that we do have different strengths. I mean, and kind of like Matt said, you know, he's analytical and he's planning it all out. And, you know, and I rely on intuition. And that might be a little bit to a fault because he's always taking care of the analytical side. So mm-hmm. I get to let that down a little bit when that's normally my role in my business world. Um, so I kind of like that we, we play off of each other's strengths in that way. Yep. Yeah. We bring we bring something to the team. Each of us has our part, and um, and it's it's great to be able to see each other's strengths. It's great to be able to see weaknesses and be able to grow from those by learning from the other person. Yeah, and, and she helps me, especially when I start getting frustrated. Because when with the analytical part of it, if if things don't work, if it's not going right, if we're not finding deer, if it's not I'm glassing for three hours straight and seeing three does, I start getting agitated. Yeah. <laughs> and and she keeps me grounded, you know, and she's like, Well then we'll just go over here and look at this place. We'll go, <laughs> this place. We'll, we'll yeah. go over here. I'm like, Oh, okay, well then I'll follow you. Mm-hmm. And she keeps me she keeps me not so cranky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely the one in the field that will say yeah, we're just going to that ridge there. And I'm like, okay, we're hiking to it. We're getting to it. And, you know, we talked about my small, small stature and, and Matt's much taller than I am. And he can traverse the land like a billy goat. Yep. And so it's it's quite an effort for me to keep up with him. And I'm sure he has to slow down a bit for me. But, um, you know, it's always, you know, just over that next ridge, just over that next ridge. In fact, we're... We have um, very close friends of ours own the company Nextridge. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but Mm-mm. it's a apparel company. And when they came up with the name for their company, I was like, that is the perfect name <laughs> ever. <Yeah>. It rang <laughs> true. Yeah. One of the things I really want to learn, um, hopefully I can focus on it next year. This year I've been a little bit um, more family focused. So I haven't put as much time into my hunting, mm-hmm. but um, Matt has me set up with a pretty decent backpack. And so I want to really get familiar with the quartering out in the field so that we're not dragging animals yeah. and it's a little bit easier, even if you have to make a couple of trips to get that animal out. If, if I am on my own or with, you know, my daughter or my son or right. my son's big now, he can help and yeah, my daughter yeah. can too, but um, you know, I think that's another another method that I need to another skill set. Yeah, yeah, get more familiar with. I think that's the best thing about hunting is there's always something that you can um, push toward, and and I talk about goals a lot with people and how those goals aren't necessarily um, what's the next animal on your list, what is your bucket list for animals, but what is your goal for challenging yourself? And it could be an animal. It could be learning a different animal, learning how to um, how to stalk that animal. What is that animal's uh, um, the way that they move, where they where they hang out, their environment, all of that kind of stuff. But it could also be pushing yourself to a different level. Like you said, this this is something that you would like to push yourself toward, being able to uh, backpack in and carry out. And um, I think that that's, it truly is one of the best things about hunting is there is always something else you can push for. 
there's always something to learn. Yes. It, it never it never ends. Every time I go out and try to learn something new. Yes. And you know, just when you think you got a deer figured out, they do something totally <laughs> off the wall. You're like, what in the? <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's not going to work. And it it changes from day to day, from animal to animal. Mm-hmm. You know, we we've primarily hunted our 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 black tails or, or hybrid for our mule deer around here, and then I found a mule deer in Arizona during over the counter archery tags, and the difference between Mule deer in California, mule deer in Arizona is totally different. Yeah, yeah. And just learning, learning a new animal, learning something different. It, it it's a challenge, and it, it's a challenge of welcome. So, my next step is elk. Yeah. So we can figure that out too, because they are pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of meat. A lot, a of, meat, lot of meat. Animals. A yes, lot of meat. The deer, the hybrid deer that we hunt around here, are fairly small. Um, especially now that I've harvested a mule deer to really see the difference yeah. um, in the meat on the animal is pretty substantial. So I'm looking forward to getting yeah. into elk as well. Um, Matt has hunted pig and bear also in our area. Um, I've been out hunting for pig and bear, but I haven't had an opportunity at a good shot yet. Yeah. Um, so I'm waiting patiently for that, but um, the, you know, I don't know if you've heard, but um, have you heard anything about bear meat? A lot of people don't like bear meat. I've heard it both ways. I've heard some people love it, and it is great, and I've heard some people just don't have a taste for it. So what I've I've experienced with the bear that Matt and some of our friends have brought in, um, the more medium-sized bear is better for eating the Mm -hmm. larger they get. You know, it's it's not as tasty. Yep. But um, we've we've made some great dishes with bear meat, some bear chili, bear chili verde. I was going to write up a recipe for you guys for backstrap for you to share with everybody, and I didn't get an opportunity to do that. But maybe I'll have to do that afterwards, and you can share it out. Oh, do it because the podcast won't come out for a while. So send it, and nice. we can we can put it all together. It'll be it'll be perfect. Um, I love I love that part of it as well. I do too. The wild game recipes that's kind of one of my favorite things. I do too. Hey, we're we're kind of the same with our deer. Um, the white tail, the east, the the east coast white tail. Um, I don't know. We can we can live off of two, maybe three deer in a year um, wow. and not have to buy any other, um, any other red meat or anything like that and still donate stuff out and give stuff away and things like that. But um, our does taste better than mm-hmm. the bucks and, um, and the younger the buck – um, the better tasting. So, um, Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. It's the older, bigger bodied, even sometimes the older does don't taste as well as, um, as the younger ones. And of course it's in how you handle the meat and how you, um, the cleanliness of it and all of that goes into it, uh, for taste wise. But I love, 
I think that's the, the one request that we have. Our door is a revolving door. We have people in our house all the time and it is the first request. Hey, what's for dinner? (laughs) Are we going to have venison meatloaf or are we going to have backstrap kebabs or like, what are we going to have? And, uh, I love that people know that they can come here and try something new. That's awesome. I, part of my growing up, I just remember my mom always saying that she didn't like venison. And so the deer meat that I do remember from um, my childhood was made into jerky because that's what my mom would eat. And so that's pretty much the only way we had it. And then when we started hunting deer um, ourselves, our friends would make fried venison, you know, and Mm -hmm. Um, which I, I love, but also at that time I was really focused on my health and fitness. And so I wanted to find other ways to make it. And so basically I started just utilizing our game meat in the same way that I would utilize beef. Yes. That's exactly how we do it. Yeah. So a lot of my recipes, um, someone might be expecting beef, but it's game meat and, um, they can't tell. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, we, like I said, that bear meat chili, <laughs> we had a, um, we had a birthday party for my son one time up here at the house and invited all of the family and friends up and I made the bear meat chili and they were all having chili and chili dogs and not <laughs> none the wiser. Yeah, and, nope. didn't tell anybody it was bear meat. No, <laughs> they yeah. know now. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, they found out at the end of the day and. Some of them were a little weirded out, but they did all still like the taste. Yeah. So we opened their horizons a little bit. But, yeah. um, and the stuffed backstrap um, recipe, I love recipes. I will watch cooking shows just for the technique, but I very rarely follow a recipe. So it's hard for me to share and write recipes yes. because I eyeball everything. Yep. But, a little um, of this, a little of that. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. That's how I do it. <laughs> But we have a neighbor that has been awesome and and, um, shared a similar recipe, and that's kind of where the idea came from, but it's so good. Mm -hmm. It makes you want to leave your backstrap pole so you can have this beautiful backstrap rose. Yep, yep. You know, we're going to have to do that. We we butterfly all of ours, and so... um, It makes it just easier to thaw out, easier to use, and but one time we just need to take a fresh back strap and cook it. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the deer out here, the, the black tail, are, they're a lot smaller than white tail and mule deer. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, my deer this year was, he's probably two and a half, maybe three and a half year old deer. And he, his hanging weight was 111 pounds. Wow. Bone in, tied on. Wow. I mean, uh, yeah, 111 pounds. The only thing he was missing was, I'd, I'd get him. So, yeah. The, 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 the size is, yeah, I mean, I, I got 44 pounds of meat off of him. Okay. When it was all said and done. So, I mean, and that was, and I picked every scrap of meat I could off of that deer. Right. And, and that, yeah, we were getting 40 pounds of meat off of the deer out here. So it, only getting two tags is tough. It's tough to live on that. I know. You kind of save things for special occasions when, yes, in those yeah, years. Really yeah. 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 There was, there was a year, I think we only got one and it was... 
I had been skunked all year, all year. I felt cursed all year. And um, my husband got one and it was a tight year on our venison. (laughs) This year, Matt got one and I, um, our last day of season was Sunday and we went out to the end of the evening and I wasn't able to harvest the deer this year and I'm super bummed about it, but Mm -hmm. I have high hopes for next year. So. We shall see how that goes, but I can't imagine now that we're talking about the size of the deer in your part of the country, you manhandling them. Yeah. <laughs> <Your size. laughs> I mean, man, that's a whole nother level. It's, um, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a challenge and you were definitely sore after, um, I was sore for a couple of days after, and I even was able to pull my vehicle in a certain distance and, um, it wasn't as bad as it could have been, but it, it's still, it's a, it's a good feeling getting it done and saying, looking back and saying, I did that. Um, it is, but in the middle of it, you're just cussing on the inside, trying to get there. <laughs> and I think yeah. that goes for anybody, man or woman. It's um... uh, no, without a doubt. Yeah, definitely without a doubt. I've had when, when I harvest when I when I harvested my mule deer uh, in seventeen. For some reason, we decided to leave our backpacks in the vehicle, and j- j- had to drag that deer like two and a half miles. And it was the dumbest thing I've ever done. But I was grateful when we got it finished. Yeah. I was cussing the entire time, but I'm glad we got it done. Yeah. Let me tell you, we learned a really big lesson. <laughs> we do not go anywhere without our backpack. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not. Nope. Not at all. No. Yeah. We've. Uh, I've gotten. We don't have to. I mean, we don't have to hike far into places, which is also an added benefit here. Um, you can you can pretty much pull pull over and hike in maybe half a mile, maybe a mile at the most. So it's not, there's not a whole lot of pulling back out, but when you're dealing with that kind of size, it has made me, we've got backpacks. We need to, I, if I'm ever going to be coming out West, I need to start filling that pack and, and, uh, pushing some weight in there on those hikes in and out during the off season. Yeah, you'll really start to learn what you need to have and what you don't need to have. Um, what you can manage and what you can't manage. Yeah. yeah. You, you learn your limitations really because we, we do the same thing. Well, we, we live we live in a very rural rural community, so we can we can hike and backpack and, and, and just – I've got a loop that I make three and a half miles long just carrying the 45 pounds in my pack. Right. With a rifle strapped to the side, nobody says nothing. Or my bow strapped to the back. And I can just, I can make that loop a couple times. And you learn real fast what you can and can't manage. And, and you know, it, it, it helps. It really, it really, really helps. Do you notice when you're packing for trips like that, the, the differences in what you're packing? I mean, Tracy, you can't yeah. pack what Matt packs, you've got, you have things that you have to pack on your own that are different than his. Um, yeah. Do you notice? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. We, um, we definitely do kind of have the, the husband wife balance when it comes to that, the yeah. packing, he does carry the, the bulk of the weight. So if it's a tool that we need, like a little stove, propane stove or something, he will carry that. And I don't carry that. Um, you know, one will have the 
uh, first aid kit and the other one won't, or he'll right. carry the tent. And, you know, so he does carry a heavier load. Um, and I carry the other items, but we don't double up if we don't have to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's a teamwork situation there. Yep. And with the kids, you can pack them too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or, or with our kids, we load them down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we load them down. They got to earn their weight. Yeah, they do carry their weight. That is a fact. <laughs> They've got to earn it, and they're still, yeah. 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 I love that. Um, Matt, have you noticed anything with Tracy being in hunting? Have you, I know that my husband has brought it up a couple times, um, that he did not notice um, some of the difficulties of, of things that work for men, but have not worked for women. And he said, you know, before you started hunting, I didn't have a second thought of it. It didn't even cross my mind that there would be, um, that there, that it was difficult to find things that worked for women before you started hunting. And, uh, I didn't know to know if you had noticed any of that or anything specific that stood out to you. You know, the biggest thing I noticed between me and her is, is, is gear wise. Yeah. Um, as far as I consider clothing gear now. Um, that's something that I've kind of, in the last few years, I've kind of been turned on to not having just Walmart camo, Yeah. not calling them out or nothing, but yeah, clothing is gear and, mm-hmm. and finding clothing for me is a whole lot easier than finding stuff for her. Yep. Um, different layering systems, things like that for cold weather, you know, warm weather, shedding layers, um, and things like packs with her being five foot three. Finding a pack and a frame, a pack, you know, a, a frame pack for her has been very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, the pack she has now is it's one of the, it's a higher quality pack and frame. You know, it's, it's a modular system, but it still doesn't quite fit her right. It's right. still it, it it sucked down to the shortest combination it could be made down to, and it still doesn't fit her right. Right. And fortunately, we haven't had to completely utilize it packing out an animal um i've used mine packing out animals where she hasn't been on the trip but you know for her that's one thing really uh, you know the the for backpacking and out hunting out west that's something that's hard to find for a five foot three woman yep um same thing with boots you know buying out here you know carrying any kind of load or backpacking at all or hiking a lot um, finding quality boots has been difficult because mm-hmm. your feet are the most, to me, your feet are the most important thing out here backpacking. 100%. And if you right, then, then you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. And that's been tough. Yeah. I had that. We went, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, we went, um, we, this summer we actually took a trip to, to Park City, Utah. I went to the Total Archery Challenge and, the courses there were, were, were technically difficult. I mean, some of the hikes there were pretty, pretty gnarly for shooting an archery course. And the boots she had were the same boots she'd been wearing for hunting season. And her feet got wrecked, mm. completely wrecked. The second day, it was, yeah, it was, this, it was the first day. Mm-hmm. We hiked that, that, that really hard, the, the, the uh, mountain ops course, the first day. And her feet were wrecked. And that next day, the next Friday, 
we went to every mountaineering store in, in Park City, Utah to find her some good boots. And I had to buy her boots in Park City just so she could, so we could finish the weekend. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's hard finding things for women that are so easily available that I take for granted for me, gear wise. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else, Amy? When I started bow hunting, uh, the friend of ours that let me shoot her bow, she was, um, shooting a diamond. Uh, Bowtech, and um, the one thing that was really great about that bow, and which is why I chose it for my first bow, was that it had um, a 30 to 60 pound range on it. Yeah. And so it gave me the ability to grow into it. Yes. You know, to kind of build up that upper body strength. These are things that women really have to think about. Um, A lot of the firearms that I shoot, our youth model because they're smaller and they fit me better. Yes. Um, so, and, and I'm totally okay with that. I share my guns with my kids as they were growing up. And, um, but those are things I think that men don't really think about until their women come into the hunting, uh, picture. And then they have to start to figure out how to, you know, how to help accommodate our, our stature. Right. If nothing else. Right. Which having other women around that have already kind of gone through those steps ahead of time. That's why it is so awesome to have a group of women, um, to help mentor because you can go, Hey, this isn't working. This is why. And you can talk to women who are of your same same stature, same size, same draw length, all of that. And they can say, Hey, this worked for me to start here. Um, it's draw length has been my most difficult thing because I have a very short draw length. And so being able to find a bow that isn't a youth bow, um, it's, it's, pretty stinking hard. Um, what draw length are you using right now? So I'm in between a 24 and a 25. I'm closer to a 24. Yeah, I'm a 24 and a half draw length. Yeah. And I recently um, uh, turned in the old Diamond Bow Tech. Actually, I, I gave it to my daughter, passed it down to her, but um, we bought um, the Ava Shockey Bow Tech yeah. Yeah, for me. And um, it's been really great bow. And honestly, at first I'm not very much into name brand things. That's not what draws me to a piece of gear. What draws me is, you know, the, the comfort of use and what, you know, just what works for me. And so I kind of looked into a few different bows, but decided to go with the Ava Shockey and I'm really, really happy with that choice. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I don't know what the, pound ranges but i'm i think i'm pulling around 53 pounds right Right. now you bought the 50 to 60 50 to 60 yeah 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 Yeah, it's i wouldn't have known to go with that no i needed that growth period with that 30 to 60 pounds on that diamond which is why it's now my daughter's and she's learning and growing with that she had a great time in utah just kind of really getting into the archery scene and meeting new people that were you know, like-minded and into the same, same thing. Yeah. I think that one thing that I've noticed with gear has been, especially clothing and boots, like you were saying, Matt, that, um, it has been more, I've noticed that the cheaper stuff and when you're getting started, 
going with stuff that is affordable, especially if you are working a day job that you need something that is affordable, that's where it's hard to find things that fit. Um, you have to, if you, I was looking for boots today, I was at Bass Pro. I was looking for boots and I need a boot that's going to go over my calf, but it's going to, it's going to fit my five, my size five foot. Um, and to, it really is, unless you yeah, go top of the line where yep. they they do better at customizing. Um, and so it's, I think that's where it kind of rubs me a little bit the wrong way because it's harder getting into it when yep. the affordability is way out of your reach sometimes. Um, yeah, and it, it's tough because what I've learned now is that you really get what you pay for. And yeah. that is, that is, it's a hard thing. I mean, you know, we both, Tracy and I both work. Yeah. And, you know, we, yeah, we're blue collar people and, and affording gear that actually works, it, it's not cheap. No, you save, um, you save. Yeah, you save, you have to, you have to save and you, you compartmentalize what you got to do. Okay, this is my goal. I'm going to buy these boots. Or I'm going to buy this backpack or this tent or this, this one set of clothing that's mm-hmm. going to be a complete system because, you know, that's kind of the way it works. And, and it, it's hard for, it's hard for her. It, it's way easier for me. And I, I'm a, I'm a gear junkie. So I like to tinker with stuff and buy new things and try new things much to my wife's dismay. <laughs> but, but, you know, and, and that's kind of just what I do. And, and what I've learned too from listening to other, listening to people and, and talking to people is, you know, mountaineering, the mountaineering community has this figured out a long time ago. Oh, yeah. And for us, you know, they, they don't make, you know, over-the-calf boots for mm-hmm. mountaineering, but for what we do, you know, good ankle support, stiff boots, nice yeah. quality boots, you can find them in women's sizes in mountaineering. Now they are going to be turquoise and pink and purple and, and neon green. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But they work. Yes. Yeah. And yep. I don't care what they look like as long as they work. I know it. I've got some great, the boots that I wear right now, they are awesome boots. I got them, um, in a mountaineering store and I got them in the kids department and, um, and they work and they are great boots. Um, as long as I'm not going calf deep in water. Um, so it's, and I've loved them and they've worked great. And so I'm grateful for those groups. And I hope that our hunting community um, and manufacturers can kind of take that and, and grow from it. You know, I noticed too that, which was kind of a bummer for me, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of conversation and even um, in some of your podcasts, Amy, about the, you know, the huntress terminology and um i i did hear i think a a podcast or two back you were having the discussion about you know liking or not liking the term Mm -hmm. and i guess i have you know i I guess i have a different point of view on that i see what everyone's saying about the uh, new movement with social media and the types of 
display that are mm-hmm. coming across with that with that name attached to it. And um, I understand that, but I personally take pride in being a woman who has all of these other skills and interests. And I love the term huntress. Uh-huh. Um, I'm all about it. I'm all about owning, owning, you know, being a woman hunter. And um, so I never really took offense to that, but, and I don't really think that I definitely don't want any of my camo to be pink. I'm yeah. not okay with pink camo. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a little pink label or tag, I'm I'm good with that. It helps me define which one's mine in the laundry. Exactly. You know? Yes. <laughs> but we went to um, Utah for this um, this archery challenge, total archery challenge, and there were a lot of vendors there, but there weren't a lot of options for women. I was hoping I was going to go there and find you know, maybe that new company or that, that off company that's really trying to address the clothing and the boots and the situations that we're working with as women in the field. And I really didn't find that. There were a few few things out there. Um, what's the one with the turquoise? Girls with guns. Sorry, Girls yes. with guns. They, yeah. they had, um, I think, one of their setups there. But uh, there's just not a lot. And yeah. I'm really hoping, like you said, that, our industry really starts to take note of yeah. the women in the field and, and try to address our specific needs. Yeah, the, the term shrink it and pink it is uh, not. It yeah, does, no. it, that oh. doesn't work. And no, if, it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. And if they think that slapping pink on it is going to um, grow the demographic, then they've missed the point of women getting yeah, into have. hunting. So yeah, I, so. I noticed um, I was at the the World Turkey Federation Expo that was here in Nashville uh, last year, and they had multiple female clothing vendors, and it was amazing to be able to see it. But then I went down to the World Deer Expo in Birmingham uh, this summer, and there were zero. And it was – I just think that they're still trying to catch up, and I'm really hopeful, and I'm – I am extremely hopeful that they're going to start pushing it more and more. Um, but yeah, I was very impressed that the the Turkey Federation had so many vendors involved that see that need. Um, and they were, I can't even remember which all, all of the vendors that were there that that met the needs that I was seeing, but it was like, I still saw a whole lot of purple and a whole lot of pink and very few turquoise. And I'm like, can you just give me regular camo? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Like Matt, Matt makes all of our arrows. Mm-hmm. And so I get to customize what I want and I'm all about a pink arrow or mm-hmm. a black arrow with a purple fletching. And I love that part of it. But when it comes to my camo and my mm-hmm. gear that I'm wearing and when I'm trying to put a sock on an animal, I want to be in legitimate camo. Yeah. I don't want want to be in pink. <laughs> well, we see we see a lot. I, If I'm going to buy camo, I want to, like you guys said, I want it to be able to fit every aspect of hunting, whether I'm hunting deer, turkey, like whatever I'm hunting. And pink can work for deer. Um, Pink can't work for turkey. Um, So you're, you're, 
it it kind of dials back into only specifically working for one thing. And so I'm not going to buy something that is only going to specifically work for one aspect of hunting. Um, But going back to your huntress statement, I think that there, and I've talked to a couple of men and women about this. I think that there is a drive from women who really do hunt. I think there's a drive to bring that word back to the respect that it used to have. Um, I mean, if you go back to, you know, back when, I mean, there are some very strong female hunters in our history. Um, And I think that if we can get it back to that, I think it would take the stigma away. But I just, it is hard for me to see women, not men, but women abuse the name. Um, I want that name to be a strong name. I want my daughter to be able to say, I'm a huntress. I am a woman who hunts and is fierce and is strong, but is also soft in um, all of the aspects that a woman has. And Mm -hmm. so I, I agree with you on that. I see, I see both sides of it. And I think that it's just, it's a torn platform right now and it's just it's hard to get above the negative connotation that goes with it because it's easier to talk about the negative versus the positive yeah i think that's the the catch-22 of social media yes is that you've got this giant platform where where people are getting exposed to things and you're bringing in new hunters but yet you've got the bikini models that are doing yeah. They're saying and claiming, and I, I think it's good, but bad at the same time. Yeah. And, and, and that's where it gets tough for people that are, I don't want to say legit, but I mean, yeah, legit. Yeah. And, and it, it makes it, it makes it tough. I mean, it's, hard, I mean <laughs> it's already hard enough for women to get into this industry period or just, just to enjoy your, your passion, just enjoy your passion for the outdoors and for hunting to be stereotyped into that, to be stereotyped into that. Yeah. yeah I, I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> I don't know. know. I don't know. I think you know. that I think that you can take the the word hunter, and I think that you can use it mm-hmm. in a defaming way. There's yes. there's the red. I mean, we have the redneck hunter. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah, the beer drinking, yes. shooting truck window, redneck. Yes. Yeah, you've yes, got the that. you've got the people. No matter where you are. And yeah. truly take it outside of the hunting community there within every community that's out there, you've got the people that are going to bring it down. Um, that's true. And so I think it, it does run. I don't, it's, I think that we are constantly working as a hunting community, whether you're a hunter or a huntress or whatever you are, I think it's an uphill battle to, um, to create a good name for it. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's definitely true. You, you, you get into that, you know, just being politically correct and yeah. trying to do say the right thing and do the right thing and not post the wrong picture and mm-hmm. it, it 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 it's overwhelming. I mean, there's <laughs> it's you know, true. I, I didn't I, I didn't start my Instagram until I think 2016. I had a Facebook for I don't know how long that I don't ever use anymore. But yeah, you know, the pictures that I've posted before. I mean, there's some pretty gnarly. What do you want to call them? Grip and grin. Yeah. Yeah, you know, 
I, you know, I forgot to take the picture before I got to the beer, heaven forbid. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, there's some pretty there's some pretty good ones out there where I'm like, oh, I'd get crucified right now. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I mean, you know, but... I yeah. guess I just take the stance that with all of the terms that could either be PC or not PC, that whoever's consuming it is going to gravitate towards what they jive with. Yes. You know, and so I feel like... There's always, like you said, there's always going to be that battle on some aspects. And then there is always going to be that group of people that are going to go directly to the term that they don't agree with and just try to fight it. Right. And they're going to make, you know, rude comments or out of yeah. context, out of context comments. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the world we live in now. But, we live in California. You know, there's and I, I do gravitate. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot. I, I gravitate oh. towards the huntresses that are the, just the way you described it, the strong, you know, real hunters that mm-hmm. are out there um, providing for their family. Yes. Yeah. And I think we need more of that. We do. Yeah. I really do. And I, I think, think it com- And it comes down to just being consistent. Like, you're going to yeah. go on my page, you're not going to find... You're never going to find a picture of me in a bikini. I'm, I'm, I will be 40 this year. And that's just not something that I want to put out there for my kids to have to look back on. Um, (laughs) being very respectful. Um, but at the same time, you're going to see a consistent message, um, of positivity and strength and respect. Um, and I think that if we can do that in a way that, is consistent, I think that the respect will hopefully come, at least for me and for those yeah. out there that are like us. Um, I think the respect is there. Well, well, see, and that's important too. I mean, that, that, that shines a bright light for your children and, and for, for my wife and, and my daughter, it's the same way. I mean, my daughter sees us out hunting together. She's with us most of the time and, mm-hmm. and, and she sees Tracy out there doing her thing and me stepping back and letting her do her thing and right. she sees her being strong. She sees her doing it herself. She sees her getting her hands dirty and 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 barreling down and and getting getting after it. And I think it teaches our kids the right way to do things. I mean right. you know that you know Tracy she she don't mess around and when when it's time to get down and dirty, she gets down and dirty, and, and and our daughter has seen that. And I think that's the kind of inspiration that our young girls need to see, not the stuff they're seeing on Snapchat, not right. the stuff they're seeing on Instagram. And, and I, I think if we could only shed that light on the rest of the world, shoot, we'd be better off. I know, yeah. I think it goes, and I think it goes the other way too. I think that our sons being able to see their dads uh, walking alongside of their wives and, um, and encouraging and lifting up, but also pushing um, and then vice versa. um, Seeing the women doing the same thing. I think it's, I, it's, I think the family dynamic is so important in our community um, to grow better hunters. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it teaches the next generation. I mean, out, you know, out, out east, you guys are a lot 
better off than we are out here politically. Right. And, you know, we just, <laughs> our wonderful governor just passed law uh, outlawing bobcat hunting. I saw that. So I heard they, that. They, yeah. They took, they took away trapping a couple of years ago. And now after the first year, we can't hunt bobcat. You know, we live in a rural community with our dogs and our chickens and our horses and everything mm-hmm. else that we've got. Cattle. And cattle. And, and I, I see, I kill bobcats often. Yeah. We it's predator control. Yeah, yeah. Predator control. We have to buy a tag to protect our own livestock. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to consider chickens, I mean, we eat eggs. Right. But, but, still, but you won't have eggs if your chickens are gone. Yeah. It the problem. Yeah. yeah. So now we can't even do that in California. So it, it you know, it, yeah. it's rough. Well, that's the other thing I would say that we're also fighting and it's not just the social media right now with the um, political climate of California where constantly hunters are being made out to be villains, really. We're, no matter what we do. we're continually right. getting our, our rights um, taken away and uh, less and less hunting ability here. And um, so I think that that puts out a negative message as a whole to what we do. Um, you know, with our, our conservation efforts and, and everything, I don't think that the general public has a good idea of it, at least not here. Yeah. Uh, maybe in our county. Our county is pretty conservative, and yeah. so we're very lucky for that. And um, part of the reason that we're probably still in California, other than being, you know, born and raised here where our family uh, is, but um, the rest of the the rest of the state, it's, it's a definite struggle. I've even heard my mom explaining to coworkers that we're all a hunting family. And the very first thing she says is they live off of the meat all year long. Yeah. And she's right. We do. Um, but I almost feel like it's a default to have to try to explain why we hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's interesting. And um, we've, we're having, a. I think not just Matt and I, a lot of, uh, Californians are having conversations right now around the dinner table about um, what to do next. You know. Yeah. Yep. You're not so the only. You're yeah. not the only California people I've heard. We we actually here in Tennessee, um, in Nashville, actually have a lot of California transplants, and um, and there's there's reasons for that, and we love we love the people who have come here. Um, we're closed for business. <laughs> I'm like, we're, we're at capacity. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah exactly. And, and that's unfortunate because that, I mean, that's, that's where everybody's at outside mm-hmm. of here. Yeah. Is they've taken, they've taken in their fair share and they're done. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And we've had those conversations about moving out of state at some point, but mm-hmm. we do hear that. We hear that, you know, these other states and for good reasons, they're, they're not super big fans of having Californians come in and, and we, we do get it. Um, I would say the majority of the Californians that we know that are still considering moving out of state are usually the more uh, libertarian or conservative yeah. type people. And um, so I would say that's who we've got here. I mean, it's. Yeah. 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 It's unfortunate. But at the same time, I mean, I guess it comes to a point where you got to vote with your feet because. Your votes aren't doing much. I know. Much here for you. I know. So, That's enough of that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I I do. I just I want I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me tonight and and truly showing how um, how hunting as a couple and hunting as a family is pretty much the ultimate mentorship um, in our community. And I think it has been. it's been a great conversation and I hope y'all have enjoyed it, but I, I have taken away, I've had my little, I have my notepad here and I have all these notes written down and I love it. I've, I've really loved our conversation. Thank you so much for having us. It was, we had a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Good, good, good. Okay. You can go follow Tracy at Tracy Taylor KWR on Instagram and Matt is Caliente Line Hand on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. Hey everyone, this is Andrew with Sasquatch Fuel. If you're heading to the backcountry this season and you need some meals that don't bog you down, check out sasquatchfuel.com. Our 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head to sasquatchfuel.com. Hey guys, enter code Western Contours at checkout and save a few bucks off your order.